Look, we get it. You probably hate Amazon by now. So in today's episode, we are going to be sharing our experience selling high-paying affiliate offers and how the tactics differ from selling products on Amazon. In this episode, we are going to be breaking down the tactics that we use, how they work, and how you can use them on your site. So let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real-life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. I am together with my partner, Mark. How's it going, Mark? As always, great. So today we <laughs> you sound like you don't sound <laughs> great very, at all. It's like very genuine in that uh, confinement week so. 26, you know, it's just yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, hopefully you come out tomorrow here, but let's see. Okay. So we're going to be talking about our real life experience selling high ticket offers. We have done that on several sites with many tactics. And we know that a lot of you guys now just used to make a bunch of money on Amazon. Amazon cut the rates massively, especially in some categories where you went down to literally 1%, and you're going to try these things. But the problem is the rules are just not the same. They're not only the rules of promoting as an affiliate, but the rules of selling to people are also not the same. You're not just going to do 26 roundup reviews, and that's how you're going to sell high-ticket offers. That is not how it works. Actually, you'll probably do different types of content, and we'll talk about all of that in a minute in a podcast. But before I do that, I will talk to you about subscribing to the channel below. There is a subscribe button. There is a like button that we'd like you to click if you can. That really helps us reach more people with the podcast, which we're trying to grow on YouTube. And if you want to listen to the podcast on audio platforms, we are on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, and on SoundCloud. So you can find us on pretty much anything that you want. All right, let's just jump into a podcast and let's talk about how this is quite different to sell these kind of products than it is to sell Amazon products because I think the rules are quite different and the product, the way you're going you're gonna to market them, etc., is going to be quite different. One of the main differences with that is that you are going to have to warm people. You're going to have to qualify them as well. So maybe you get like a thousand people go on your blog post, but only a hundred are, are potential buyers. And so you don't really want to bother the other 900 people. It's just going to make, it's going to make your site spammy because these products, you know, when you send traffic to Amazon, you, you get crazy conversion rates. You get up to like 10% conversion rate, etc. These products, it's not going to be the case. Very often you'll get less than 1% conversion rate from the traffic that you send. So you want to like narrow that traffic down. And that's what usually like paid advertisers do when they do the guys that are on like stack that money forums, etc. They just try to build this funnel that just funnels down people and the best people, they will like hammer them with their best offer, but they can't just spam people, like spam a large number of people. That's not how it works. And you're not going to do well with your site. So it's going to be a massive funneling down and you're going to start learning funnels when you start promoting these kind of offers. And you're going to have to think a lot more about intent because a lot of marketers that I know today, especially those who did, who did well with Amazon, didn't really do anything else. They just understood a few type of keywords. They understood the best roundup. They understood the maybe alternatives. They understood the VS, etc. But you're going to have to go a little bit past that uh, for this stuff because actually you're looking for people who might be spending you know a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks on expensive stuff. Sometimes the products that will pay high commissions will just cost more money than if you buy on Amazon or something. So you need you need to pre-sell these people essentially. So you need to really find who they are. Anything you wanted to say? I see yeah, it's also a fact the competition for these higher 
paying offers for like their review keywords or even some of the roundups is much, much higher because there's a, potentially there's money, a lot yeah. of money. If you're ranking number one for $2,000 product review that pays 50% commission, you know, there's a lot of competition for something like that. But even for not so, so expensive products, actually, I think I will, like, I will actually correct myself here. Because I'm, I'm remembering like a review, a ClickBank product review. The, co- the product cost sixty seven dollars, I think. Uh, it was an ebook, and because the conversion like they did really well, and we ranked for the review thing, it's like we were making around seven hundred bucks a day, seven hundred to eight hundred bucks a day, even though these are not like expensive products. But we had seventy five percent commission, and that's why we were making so much money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, to be fair with that one, there was also I think a couple of upsells, so total cart value could be up to about two hundred bucks or so. Yeah. With, with that, if I remember but the correctly. The core product was 67. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, ver- making the potential to make 100, 150 bucks in uh, affiliate commissions off of one sale. I mean, how expensive would a product have to be on Amazon before you're making that? Yeah. You know, like pretty, you know, a high-end television or something. So you really need to like choose your traffic and you need to weed out the people that wouldn't buy, otherwise your site's going to look really spammy. And you're like... If you like, you can build a site and have like links everywhere for like uh, expensive products or products that have high commission rates. But what's going to happen is your site's going to look so shit that nobody's ever going to link to it, and and so like you will never have a gross. Yeah, you will never have gross. And you see some of these these sites, especially in the IM space. A lot of people do that. They they would link to like the shitty JVZoo or whatever because it pays fifty percent or seventy five percent or whatever. And but nobody reads this site. Nobody cares. It's just like you get there by mistake, and some people buy, and that's how they make their money. You know, and so. We don't recommend that you go that way. You need to be a little bit smart on how you're going to promote that so you can have a site that maintains a certain standard that is good enough for like someone that would review it and would want to link to it, while at the same time being able to take the uplift of these very high-paying offers. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in these next eight tactics. Anything you want to say about the ways different? Yes, there are nine tactics we're going to talk about, not eight. So that was, that was, there's eight plus one bonus, so we yes. both right. <laughs> Do the first one. All right, so one of the other things I want to add to that is not just about you know looking legit and kind of not looking spammy and that kind of stuff. There's also like, when you have an authority site, you legitimately have people following you and listening to your recommendations. And some of the things we're gonna talk about is about directing those people to offers which are good and high paying and are, are gonna be in everyone's best interest. And one tactic with that, which you cannot do with Amazon, is simply just to email, to do a simple broadcast promoting a product. You, now you I want you to be careful on this because people are going to take um, Mailshake and they're going to email people. <laughs> so so. I'm, I'm talking about here for your existing email list. So your, people who have subscribed to your newsletter who want to hear these things from you. Uh, now, typically with Amazon, you cannot put an Amazon link in an email. It's against their terms of service. Part of the reason for that is because they can't track what you're saying about it or where it's coming from. But with non-Amazon affiliate programs, you can put a direct affiliate link in the email, in, in many of them. There, there are probably a few you're not allowed to do that, but in the vast majority of them that we've worked with, you are allowed to, to do that. Even by if the you way, say you don't. Yeah, by the way, with, with Amazon, you can get around this slightly by like linking to a landing page and having a link there, but you're, you're bleeding you lose traffic so much traffic though, yeah. it's really not worth it. So the, the idea here, I mean, at its base level, is simply broadcast uh, an offer uh, to, to your list. Now, once you've done that a number of times with a number of different offers, you'll start to identify those which, if you're tracking correctly, those which convert well. Uh, so it's always good to put uh, like a tracking ID. Most affiliate programs let you create these 
on the link that you put in the email. And then you can see what actually results in sales in, in most affiliate platforms. So once you've done that a number of times, you can then pick your best converting offers or the, the best offers that work with your list. And then you can chain those together in a, a sequence mixed in with some value emails. And you can make that or incorporate that in your onboarding sequence. So new people who are subscribing, subscribing to your list, they're getting you know, high value emails, your best content, your best info product, your best uh, info content, your best blog posts, things like that. But then also they're automatically getting getting these offers. So it can really ramp up the value of a, a subscriber if you do that uh, correctly. I really think a lot of people that listen to this and maybe have followed, like even people who follow the courses, etc. like a lot of people just never build an email list because they've never experienced that thing where you like send an email, you go out for a walk for you or like to meet your friends, not these days, but you go out and do something. You go to your grocery shopping, that's pretty much the only thing you do these days. And you come back and you've made like a few thousand dollars. And once you get that, then it's, it, changes your, it changes your perception of the whole thing. And it's like, it's, you can just write one email, even if you don't have like an amazing relationship with your list, by the way, like because we've done that with lists that like honestly, eh, there was not a really strong relationship. Still, like still good money. So you can absolutely do that and you can make good money. And it's basically your broadcast list, which is, you know, the, the regular emails that you write yourself, they beca it becomes a testing ground for your autoresponder. So all your new leads will see the, the stuff that worked the best as a broadcast. So that every, as you keep doing that, the, the lead value increases. So maybe initially you're making a dollar per email, but then eventually you have like 20 emails, maybe like eight are value and like 12 are so commercial. And then your lead value, whenever someone opts in on your site, maybe on an opt-in pop-up, on a lead magnet or something like this, will be like, you know, five, six, seven dollars. And it's, that's the point where content sites can start affording paid ads as well. And uh, may, just maybe sometimes just retargeting their readers, etc. I remember uh, when we started Tory Hacker, I was doing that and I was profitable because I had done that, for example. So that is something that, uh, and we've done it on other sites as well. So that's something that, yeah, get into that if you haven't done this yet. And I'll go with the second point because it's kind of similar. Essentially, one thing I like to do as well is not put people necessarily directly into your like main autoresponder. And that works especially well for broader sites. So if you have a site that's, that has a broad topic, if let's say you have a site about dogs, but like, you know, it's not as good as if there was something about like, I have a Yorkie at home, like uh, in the other room, like uh, it's not as good for, as, as relevant to me if there was something about Yorkies, right? So what I like on broader sites is to make a lead magnet that kind of like sub-segments people. So like on the Yorkie article, there would be a Yorkie lead magnet. It's like, hey, 12 things you can teach Yorkies in six hours. And after that, then I would make an email sequence that is specifically made for Yorkie owners. And I would sell maybe small dog toys. I would sell maybe the right type of food to them and food subscriptions. I would try to sell pet life insurance. These have very high paying uh, affiliate programs. Accessories, like maybe like travel accessories, like, oh, don't you wish you could take your dog on holidays? And it's super annoying to like not be able to travel or have to give him to someone. You know, that kind of stuff. It's very easy to create content around that and actually to, to sell stuff to, to an email. So I would put people through that kind of like targeted emails. Then I would put them through my autoresponder that is my general best offers for dogs, you know? And I think that if you're able to identify that on your broadcast list level, identify what works best on the, on the whole list level, and at the same time, you're able to identify, well, I get 20,000 or 30,000 visits only regarding your keys on my dog site. Maybe I can make a lead magnet about this and I can actually better monetize that traffic by making something that's more relevant to them. And your opt-in rate is gonna go through the roof as well if you have a lead magnet that is relevant. 
On average, for us, it's been three to four times higher opt-in rate when the lead magnets was more relevant. So that's basically the second tip. Do you want to take the third one? Yeah, so the, the third one is around uh, building content around the offer rather than the other way around. If you've been doing a lot of Amazon Associates, typically how that works is you will look at keywords and that will be how you build your, your content around. So you'll say, okay, like how, what are the keyword opportunities? And then, then after that, you'll look at, okay, what products can I fit in here? But we're kind of flipping that, that around. So we're saying, okay, we found a product that our audience likes or that converts well, or that's good, or one that you, you're, you want to promote. And then you, you start looking for opportunities as to how you can promote that. So that could be building specific hubs around that, like really, really going deep, hitting all the different keywords or variations of it. We had this like supplements article once, which was um, like best multivitamin for women under 40. Oh, yeah, and then we wrote like another one 30, about women 20, under 50, 50 60. 60. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like an example of, of just like really going the extra mile to kind of build volume around a specific product that you want to promote. And this, this doesn't just have to be money keywords, it can be info content as well, like how-to guides and, and all that kind of stuff as well. One big benefit of clustering your, your content this way and like driving a lot of volume to one specific product or one specific provider is that you can often will get increases in commissions either by negotiating or a lot of programs just when you hit a certain volume, you get an up to the next tier and you get higher higher commissions, much like Amazon used to be uh, so four or five years ago, I think, uh, before the first set of changes that we talked about in this podcast, 2016 or 17, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I'll talk about the next one. I think the next one is a little bit counterintuitive and that's going to be retargeting for your most targeted traffic. And that's something that you could never imagine for Amazon. I, I've seen several times the question, oh, can I do paid traffic for my Amazon affiliate site? I'm like, no freaking way. You will ne never make a profit, even if you're the best marketer in the world. It just doesn't pay enough. It's not going to work. It's not the case for much higher paying offers. If you're making 30, 40, 50, 60, up to $200 per sale. And sometimes, I mean, there's some products that I know that give you $1,000 per sale, right? You can start doing paid traffic. However, paid traffic is often not as exciting as you might think it would be. The role of paid traffic in this case, and mostly we're gonna be doing retargeting, is to increase your volume of sales so that you can negotiate higher commissions more than generating a lot of profit for your business. Because even if it works, you're buying that traffic. So you're paying for sales. So let's say you make 50 bucks. You, it's quite likely you pay like 35 bucks for a sale or 40 bucks for a sale, even on a pretty successful campaign. So you're only making 10 bucks per sale, which means that you need to make four times more sales than your organic traffic to make the same level of profit. So it's not going to be mind-boggling money unless you manage to like scale it with lookalike audiences, etc. But if you want to do that, then you will need to have the vendor put your conversion pixel on their thank you page, which doesn't happen very often. It kind of depends uh, who's your actually. Audience. So, so this is something which is becoming more and more common now. Our e-commerce provider, our shopping cart, Thrivecart, has this technology built in, so affiliates uh, can put uh, tracking code, tracking pixels into their affiliate account, and it will only fire when yeah. someone they've referred is uh, is is going through the funnel. So, 
it's something which is becoming more and more common now. Back in the day, you used to have to sort of convince them to put your pixel on there and they would never do it because you could just retarget all their audience and yeah. there's all sorts of issues with that. But it's, we we it's might have done that one or two times. But one thing that I want to say as well is that uh, people believe that you can't retarget direct on affiliate links. You absolutely can most of the time. Like, don't do that on an Amazon link, but like you can. We I've done direct traffic to the offer, so people didn't come back to our site to a landing page. Like the way like cleaner marketers will tell you to do is like, oh, make a landing page, people land on your site, and people go to the offer. The truth is, every time you add a step, you're losing half the people. So it's much better to send people directly to the page. What is the best is to actually convince the company to make a co-branding page. So there's like your logo because the the ad is gonna come from your Facebook page. So there's gonna be like your company name on the ad. And so it's kind of weird if there's like your company name and they land on another website, it's a much smoother transition if people land on the page where there's both logos and it's like this exclusive discount for the readers of Authority Hacker and then you just get a better price, maybe you get some scarcity added to that and then you get retargeted when you hit the sales page by them. That's, that's usually the best way that this works. And uh, just, yeah, just ahead. be really really careful with the type of products you're you're promoting here, uh, because Facebook will not let you retarget supplements. Like <laughs> yeah, like there's a, there's a lot of like a lot of like Gambling, make money online porn, stuff and make money online. Anything dodgy, uh, basically. Diets, dating, is going to be complicated. Anything else, doable. And I did it not that long ago. It works, and you can retarget direct sales page. You know. Yeah, often they don't like you. They, they'll identify if it's an affiliate link, and they don't like you promoting affiliate links and on, on ads. So there's all. I mean, this is a whole different world. There's people who do like crazy cloaking and stuff, but we're not yeah. really into that here. There's a much cleaner way to do that. Is that you ask the company that all the sales that come from that co-branded page are just attributed to you, and there's yeah. no affiliate tracking ID on your URLs, and then you can just run ads like anyone else, and they like Facebook increases conversions as well when you do that because it has your logo on the sales. Yeah. Page, it's more trust, you know, it's just it's better. So my recommendation with this is actually to start with really tiny campaigns. It's pretty hard to make it uh, profitable initially, especially if you've never done Facebook ads, so don't spend a lot of money. I would recommend $5 a day type campaigns. And don't retarget your whole site. Don't build an audience that's like, everyone that went on my site in the last 180 days. No, don't do that, it's not gonna work. What you need to do, you need to start small because you only have $5 a day. So what I would do is I would pick my pages that are the most relevant. So maybe, like, let's take the Yorkie thing and I'm selling Yorkie life insurance because that is an offer where I could definitely be profitable on retargeting. So I would only retarget the people that have been on my Yorkie pages on my site, only on that section, and only for the past seven days to start with, because they're the warmest. They just look for Yorkie stuff right now. If I retarget them 180 days from now, there's like 10% chance their dog is dead. You know, it's like, it's, it's not gonna work. And so, and also they just like don't care that much. Maybe they Google Yorkie stuff because they're taking care of the Yorkie for a friend or something like that, whatever. It's like, there is a lot of reasons why people would not belong to the audience anymore. So start with like short-term audiences, seven, 14 days, and start with the most uh, targeted pages and see if your budget is being spent. If it's spent, if, you sp if you're spending these $5 a day, then feel free to reduce the audience, make it smaller, so like you pick your even most targeted pages. And if it's not spent, then you can expand a bit, basically. And that's how we do that, but you can definitely make this profitable. And if it's profitable, basically just double the budget every time, that, like after, if you're profitable for two or three days in a row, double the budget. Yeah, if you're profitable again, double the budget, et cetera, and then maybe expand the targeting as well. Whoops, that's the microphone. Go ahead. All right, the next one is the infomercial type blog post. So this is where you're 
writing a blog post that promotes a product heavily, but it's not a review, it's not a roundup. It's, uh, it's, it's, it often takes the form of a case study. You're injecting your own personal experience. Good example of this is authorityhacker.com slash formatting, where Gail wrote an article about how he increased traffic and conversion engagement to a page by doing a bunch of formatting, basically using Thrive Architect. This was written, I think, four, three, a four years ago. A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you can go check that out. And that article generated quite a lot of sales for Thrive Architect back in the day. Because it's like it's a good story. It's showing you know personal experience, and it's directing people who may be interested in a product, i.e., someone on Authority Hacker, to kind of focus their attention, learn how someone else uses it, and then see the benefit that they can get from using it as well. And then at the end of that post, there's a very like strong call to action. I think a few times in the middle, there's yeah. probably that pop up. So there's one like at that. the beginning. There's one in the intro. That's literally before the article. There's like the product we use for this for this tutorial is Thrive Content Builder. Click here to click here to buy it. And it's like some people never read the article and just click. And then there's throughout the tutorial as plain text links. And there's a massive button at the end, just like get it. And that's how I mean this article generated. I mean I'm not gonna say exactly, but like five figure and the first number is not a one. You know, we've done that in other niches as well. It worked the same way. It works really well. I want to also say oh, there's something interesting there about like putting the affiliate link on. It's I think it's like the tenth word is the the affiliate link, and you reveal the tool we use to do this straight away. Like a lot of people, conventional wisdom is often like, oh, let's warm up to it, build it up. Nah. But I think it's called like the inverse. Something pyramid, forget what it is. It was basically like you give everything, like the you give the result straight away at the top, so that people that like don't want to read your two thousand word article just want the solution. Especially if this is like a, a tool or a product that they can buy, they're not often going to go through everything. They're just going to click and potentially buy it. Those who do want to know the story and do want to go through the whole article can do so and get more information as to why it's a good thing. But I, it's something I see a lot of people doing. So I just want to sort of reiterate that you should always put a, an affiliate link um, early, early on in an article like this. Yeah, let's go to the next tip, which is going to be creating an offer wall on your thank you page. Now, you'll be like, I have no thank you page. And that's because you're not building your list. You should be building your list. If you're building an email list, then you send people to a thank you page after they opt in. And the thank you page is a very important page because essentially it is, you know, we talked about filters at the beginning of the episode. Opting in is a really, really good filter. It's like, do people trust your website enough to put their email in? And if they, if they are willing to put their email in, chances are some of these people are willing to like throw money at whatever you're recommending or whatever as well. And that's why your thank you page is so important because all these people land right here at the same place regardless of what they've read before. The problem, and usually that's where you make a pitch for a product if you have a product and if you're like stage three site basically, but if you're not, then you can use something that is called an offer wall. An offer wall it works basically this way. You're gonna let people segment themselves into something that interests them by putting multiple things in front of them, usually in the form of maybe like a post grid, you know, like you'll see multiple things that people are in the, or images or something, and be like, hey, here's some really great stuff that you should check out. And it's just gonna be like, you know, again, you have these dogs that's gonna be like, how to make sure your dog stays safe when, you, like, uh, if the worst happens. And then maybe there's gonna be some toy stuff, like uh, the most fun you ever had with your dog, or something like that. Like, you cannot format it like, um, like a blog post. And it works especially well with offers that kind of like offer content to sell. So like if there's a webinar, 
if there's a VSL, so video sales letter, uh, if the sales page is kind of like one of these lengthy ones with like a lot of content type stuff, essentially it needs to transition people into buying. So you need that content in there. It can't just be like buy, 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 buy when you click because it won't work. And so we mix that together with these kind of infomercial posts on the offer wall. So the offer will be a mix of pages of our site that essentially are pre-selling other products and high paying offers like insurance offers or like this toy stuff, et cetera. And we'll just let people pick what is most relevant and interesting to them. So if they care more about the dog toys, they'll click on that. If they care more about the insurance, they will click on that. If they care more about the food subscription, they click on something related to food. And they will self-segment themselves into something that they're more likely to buy. And then you send them to that path. And so creating an offer wall is actually, it's a powerful one if you are building an email list where you don't really have your monetization down yet, it's also a great way to test offers and see which ones work and which ones don't. Because if you shorten your links, you can see how many people click on each link. First of all, you can see the, the level of interest for each thing. And then you can see the conversion rate as well. And then you can just throw test offers there until you find something that actually works. So offer walls are really powerful and I like them a lot and nobody does them and I don't get it. So go ahead, <laughs> take the next one. I'm going to get pissed off. <laughs> next one is uh, on-site quizzes. So this is where you are doing some kind of a quiz. Sometimes you see it as like a pop-up. It could be like Dr. Axe had it for, for a long time. So it's like, which what are you looking to achieve? Like lose weight, live longer, whatever else it was. My favorite example though is a website called 16personalities.com, which is, it's like a Myers-Briggs type site where you can, the product they're selling is a report on your your Myers-Briggs types. So they have 16 different types, 16 different reports. Now, obviously you need to segment people into those personalities. So they have a quiz on their homepage. It's like their main call to action. And they ask you a bunch of stuff and then they identify your personality. And then they say, here's some, here's some interesting stuff. Here's some more interesting stuff you can have if you want to buy this report. Now, the same tactic can apply to affiliate offers as well. You can segment people based on what they're looking for, what the what situation they're in, how much money they have, where they're at in life, what they're trying to achieve. And then you can direct them to offers. They can either be directly send them to an offer or it could be a landing page with like, here's some things you might be interested in, mixed in with some value stuff as well, some links to some, some of your, your blog content. You can even start like tagging people and offering them different lead magnets through this. So, and then sign them up to your email list and like segment them differently accordingly. But the fact is people love a quiz. Which type of personality are you? What are you looking to do? What are you looking to achieve? Anything they can just like, just do a few clicks and find out a little bit more about themselves. Honestly, like the logic between behind a lot of these quizzes is not super advanced. I know uh, my friend Josh, who runs Expert, Expert Photography, uh, they've recently designed a quiz to see like what type of photographer are you? And they spent a long time like really identifying the different types of shots people take and like environments they work in and how they think and how they look at scenes and all this kind of stuff. And there was some like real like good logic behind that. It doesn't have to be as, as crazy as that. It can just be a simple thing as, you know, uh, breaking your audience down into like four categories and like trying to understand how people will fit into each one and then answering, asking a few questions um, how to do that. So yeah, think of quizzes as a great way to, um, to direct visitors towards, you know, much more targeted affiliate offers. And also most quiz platforms these days allow you to put a, essentially a different, put people in different audiences for retargeting. 
so you can really identify what people like liked. And that's one of these cases where you want to run these tiny retargeting campaigns following people because they went on your site, they took the time to answer all these crazy questions, so they care a lot about the topic, and you know exactly what they landed on, and so they told you what is the most relevant offer for them. These are the people that you can spend money on and make a profit from paid traffic on affiliate. It's going to be a tiny audience. Uh, and if it's too small, it's not going to work. So you need a, a decent volume to your page too. So you probably want to rank it for a big keyword or you want to put the same quiz on multiple pages. Like for example, again, I'm going to take my example. I would make a Yorkie quiz and I would put it on all my pages about Yorkie so that I would get more people take the quiz. I would get more results. I would get bigger audiences and then I can launch my retargeting. So it works pretty well and you can put a really clear call to action to people. They are invested once they have answered questions. You can even do the old sales tricks, you know, like they make people say yes before they sell, sell something to them. Like uh, you can do the same in the quiz. You can make very obvious questions where people say yes three times. And it's like, hey, do you also want this product? And it's like another yes or something. Like there's a lot of tricks uh, that you can use, like sales tricks and like copywriting tricks, etc. So uh, you can do pretty cool stuff, but you will need to scratch your head a little bit and uh, put it together. And, and one thing that you don't need to scratch your head too much about is the next tactic, which is using exit pop-ups. I have mentioned it in the best affiliate tricks uh, because it's really one of the best. However, don't use it on every single page on your site. I think that's a bit of a waste and that's really not in the idea of targeting people. Essentially what you're going to do is you're going to have an exit pop-up that pops on very relevant pages for the product and is going to usually offer a discount. Usually that's how it works. Let's say, so I do that a lot. When we do single reviews, I tend to put the full price of the full normal price of the product and then if we have a discount, I don't show it on the page, I show it on the exit pop-up and I just like frame it as something a, a little bit time limited and that works better. If you have a co-branded page, it works really well as well. And then you just say, get the offer, people click, they land on the offer page and they hopefully buy the product. Uh, we had some of our highest TPCs using that tactic, but it's something that I use, for example, on a single review. It's like a lot of people struggle making money from single reviews. Uh, they don't do it as well as they would with random reviews, for example. Pop-ups are your solution. Because what is going to happen is that so many more people are going to click on your call to action than would maybe on a button on the page. Just because it's a pop-up, it's going to appear anywhere, like anywhere where people stop on the page. It's going to appear in front of them, it's going to stop them, and they're going to have to choose close the pop-up or click the button. And so you will make a lot more money if you actually put your exit power on single reviews, for example. These are how-to as well. So for example, this satoyhacker.com slash formatting. Uh, I can put an exit pop-up on it like, uh, and then uh, promote uh, Strive Architect on this. I will probably make good money from that. So pick the articles and pick something that really is close to the product. Don't put that on a random list post. You will not make money and you will piss people off. Just to add to that as well, is it re what really helps the conversion in that is, as Gail said, having some kind of discount or special offer there. A lot of companies that they don't want to give you a discount, some will as part of their like affiliate offer like their offer to you as an affiliate uh, that you can give your you can give the audience a special discount. A lot of companies though they'll give something extra. There'll be like a bonus that they'll include. It could be like more of the product or or some extra add-on that you can be perceived as giving for free, even though it's kind of like them them packaging on. And indeed, some affiliate platforms for some some products tends to be more info products will allow you to automatically deliver a bonus whenever someone purchases that product. So if you have a, a guide or some kind of course or a, yeah, an ebook or, or something. You can make you can, one. You can make yeah, one if it's a really can, good offer for you. You can automatically, so if, if you have this tech set up, you can automatically deliver that 
whenever someone purchases the product which you're trying to promote as an affiliate. So that's a way to like stack the value proposition significantly and that will work really well on an exit intent pop-up. Yeah, and the bonus tactic, I guess, since we're doing A plus one, is going to be tagging people in interest on your broadcast email. So uh, let me explain. Basically, if you are creating info content, which you probably will at least for link building purposes, like you'll do some of this, you're gonna email that to people. And I'm gonna take an exa- I'm gonna take an entire hacker example as well because everyone knows the website. Let's say we make a new blog post on link building. And so I email it to the list, you know, like 80,000 people get the email, 25,000 open it, and 10,000 click. And what I tell ActiveCampaign or whatever email tool you're using, they pretty much all do it, is everyone that clicks on the link and or visits the page, because I have like a tracking code on the website as well, please add that tag you know, blog post, link building 2020. And then everyone that has that tag, it can create an automation that essentially pitches something related to link building to them only, not to the rest of my list. And what it does is, again, we're we're applying that segmentation here. We are making sure that people are interested in link building right now before we pitch them a link building product because they have opened the email, they have clicked, they landed on the site, that is good enough for me to tell these people I can pitch them link building, they are interested in link building right now. And so I really like that because it's a great way to pitch products to your email list without pissing people off. And what you can do is you can you can do two or three emails. You don't have to just do one that follows up. You can do two or three following on people and you can keep sending blog posts and then people who don't click on anything, they just see blog posts landing in their email. It looks like you're just a guy giving value and anyone that engages with anything you can pitch them a related product, make money, and actually, because it's relevant, will actually you will get much more engagement and high conversion rate. So I really like it. It's a little bit of email marketing wizardry, but it works really well. There's a like more advanced version of that as well. Um, if you're using Active Campaign, and I'm sure other platforms have similar things, but they have a, a feature called lead scoring. It's only available in like the higher tier packages, but rather than tagging people with a specific tag which you create, you can define a number of buckets. Uh, and it could be like, if we're doing an authority hacker, it might be, you know, on-page SEO or link building or blogging or, I don't know, technical SEO, whatever. And then you can, for each action they take, which can be a click, it can be visiting a page, whatever else you define, it can add one to that contacts score for that category or for that criteria. And you know, there may be certain posts that would be in like multiple cat- multiple of these scoring categories. So you can really quickly like get build up a complex numbering system and you know you can maybe only send specific automations or promos to people who have a a link building lead score of more than four or something like that so the possibilities are just mind-boggling when you when you really get into that it's a little bit complicated i wouldn't recommend doing something like that on day one but just letting you guys know that that is what you can potentially get to if you take this to the the sort of uh, nth degree yeah, okay. So that's basically all the tactics we wanted to share with you today. You can see it's quite different from Amazon, but if you want to enter this world of high paying offers, yes, you can still do random reviews, etc. But honestly, you can't just do that if you want to make massive volumes because a lot of these high paying offers don't always have 
the largest search volume like you would find like best ski shoes or something like that with Amazon. And so as a result, if you want to sell large volumes, you will have to go around, do the email stuff, build the like pre-selling content, all of that. And then you need that volume if you want to negotiate higher commissions and really get the big paycheck on the, uh, these offers. So it's quite important that if you're getting into that world, you, you start getting on board with all these concepts here. Anything else you want to say before we write it up, Mark? Uh, no, just, well, actually, yes. Just remember that with higher ticket products, especially like those that are relatively unknown, that people aren't actively searching for, you are kind of finding people much earlier in the purchase journey. With Amazon, you tend to be yeah, touching them, just you know, like yeah. just like when they're already aware of the product and they already more or less know what the options are, maybe they're looking to make that purchase decision soon. With a lot of the higher ticket offers, you're much earlier in the process. So it's not so much like the hard sell straight away. It's like agitating the problem. So like what happens if you don't have this, this product? Like what are the consequences? How What benefits can this product bring you? And like making people kind of aware that they, they exist before kind of going in with the the offer specifically. So just kind of like change your thinking and like take a step back and look at the the whole sales cycle here. The goal is not to send as much traffic as possible through your affiliate link anymore. You first want to qualify people and, and you need to change. And it's crazy. You'd be like, oh, no, but I, I'm getting less traffic if I'm filtering people, etc. It will work better. And that's how really veteran paid traffic marketers are doing it most of the time. We're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening. If you're on YouTube, we do have a little like button below this video. It would help us if you were clicking it. You can also subscribe and click on the bell notification to not miss any of the episodes. And you do want that bell on all because we actually premiere every episode every Monday. And we are on the chat. Mark and I, we're just on the chat. And if you want to come and hang out, you can ask us questions and so on. And we're here to answer them. We just You don't have to do anything. Just come and hang out. It's kind of fun. There's our regulars that keep coming. And uh, there's a cool group if you want to meet a bunch of online marketers. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll see you next week. And have a good week. Bye.